Welcome back on Sportsmanlike Conduct, 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, and the Zone mobile app. We will continue to monitor the situation. Nothing has changed since the last break uh, in the shooting that took place at the end of the Chiefs victory celebration in Kansas City. So the uh, Blue Jays winning last night uh, handily over Georgetown. Sorry, Jed. Um, and, and Asian Joe, which I didn't realize either. I'd oh, forgotten. I didn't know. Oh, did, did he get sucked yeah, he over a, into the Georgetown? Yeah, he cult had a tweet too? last night, like you know, my yearly you know trip to the arena to watch oh. them lose to Creighton or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there is a generation of folks that grew up in my generation that Georgetown was the bee's knees. They, they were, were the cool team to root for. Like when I was growing up, it was North Carolina, even though they kind of stunk for a few years. Duke, Kansas, Georgetown would have been that way. In the eighties, oh, right? Yeah. If you wanted, if you were like both the local teams stink, I want to watch someone that's good. Georgetown was probably one well, of the many and, picks. And being a Georgetown fan was like being a Raider fan or a Miami Hurricane fan. You know, there was a certain rebellion mm. to rooting for Georgetown because you know Georgetown had a very they. They were just they the way they handled themselves very different the Hoya paranoia. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very fascinating story if you want to go back and look through time. But um, enough about Georgetown because mm-hmm. right they now, lost. They're very 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 stinky. But the uh, the blue that was the last winnable game <laughs> that was seemingly left on the Creighton schedule because look at the rest of the schedule. The, Lots of quad ones. All the road teams that are left are teams that are fighting for their tournament lives. Butler this weekend, St. John's in two weekends, and Villanova the final weekend of the regular season. And right now, going to the Funalytics tab on Mm. my buddy Bart, Mm. because Bart is about fun. Butler is one spot ahead of Nebraska. In the last four in category. Oh, so Nebraska is an in team today. Yesterday today. they were out. Yes. Today they're in. St. John's is one spot behind Nebraska. Literally the last team in. And Villanova is the first team out. There's Creighton's three opponents on the road. All fighting for their tournament lives, according to the bracketologist and my buddy Bart. Mm-hmm. And then you get the home games. All of them against teams that Creighton either started the week tied with or are ahead of the Blue Jays in the league standings. UConn next Tuesday, Seton Hall the following Wednesday, and Marquette on March the 2nd. That's crazy, that short turnaround from Seton Hall to Marquette. Heck, even throwing St. John's in there too where you have a game the 25th, the 28th. Of course, this is a leap year. And then they play again on the 2nd before that week off before their final game of the year. Before the conference tournament, of course. And... Denote if you're watching, not watching along in the stream, uh, all those quad one games. Five of the six right now would be classified as quad one based on their net ranking. And only the Seton Hall game at home on February 28th would be a quad two because they are currently 75th in the net rankings. So as of right now, Blue Jays are four and four against quad one and four and three against quad two. So I went and did a little research. Uh, among the teams that are rated in the top 20 in the net rankings, of which Creighton is currently 15th in the net rankings, uh, who has played the most Q1, Q2 games? Wisconsin, 
The reason why Wisconsin is still a top 20 team in the net. They even played, though they're struggling. Even though they're struggling right now. They've played 19 games. That's crazy. Against quad one or quad two competition, and they are 11-8 and eight in those games. Then you have Purdue, the Boilermakers. They've played 17 games against Q1, Q2 competition. They're 15-2. and two. Real quick, I thought suddenly this was just going to turn into the Big Ten Invitational, but those are actually the only other, those are the only two Big Ten teams that are going to be on the that rest of the That is correct. Yeah. And then there is a seven-way tie <laughs> for third place. Most quad one, Q2, Q1 or Q2 games played amongst the top 20 in the net rankings with 15 each, UConn, Bama, Tennessee, Marquette, North Carolina, Baylor, and Creighton. So three Big East teams, two SEC teams, an ACC team, and a Big 12 team. And the reason I point that out is because, again, going back to the previous page, they will add. You're going to add six more. You're going to add six more Q1, Q2 games, and five of them will be in the quad one bracket. Yeah. So that number. By the end of the season, provide in there, you know, there's always a little shuffling because teams drop, teams, you know, rise and fall. Yeah, successes and failures are going to move stuff around. But there's the potential by the end of the regular season, not even counting the Big East tournament, that Creighton will have played 21 games, 21 of their 31 games against Q1 or Q2 competition. Yeah. So to say that this uh, schedule has been an interesting one uh, (laughs) is... This little tease for something yeah, we have coming up later. later. I was like, that's who's later. that? Who's that nerd? That's, that's later. Yeah. That's later. But um, but yeah, now the question now is, are the Jays ready for this grind? Based on what we've seen here, you know, what what are we looking at? My buddy Bart says that they, he projects Creighton to go three and three over the course of these six games, which would leave mm-hmm. them at 21 wins, 10 losses, and so that would be what eleven and nine in the Big East, no twelve and eight. Sorry, twelve and eight in the Big East. That's what they are projecting right now. And if you look at the win percentages, the Seton Hall game is eighty percent because it's at home. The Marquette game is fifty-six percent chance of winning. That's at home, and the others are all in the low to mid forties. Well, Butler's basically a coin flip, but they're all going to be extra tight, extra snug. Yeah. Extra intense. And with teams like Butler, St. John's, and Villanova fighting for their tournament lives. So you're going to get everyone's best shot. Patrick writes, Creighton has a minimum four losses left on the schedule. Patrick, I would say, one of the more pessimistic Creighton fans in our audience. Okay. I have won beer off of him before because of his pessimism. Mm. So we'll see if he's right. Yeah. Now, is that four losses in this group of six or four losses counting the conference? Tournament? I believe he's saying four losses minimum So he's saying, on this. He's saying they're going to go and two four. and four in this stretch. I mean, I certainly would chalk up UConn as a loss. I would, personally. And then after that, I'd say you go two and one or one and two on the road. So you're looking at either two and two or one and three. And then can you go, I mean, you should beat Seton Hall. I think 500. That sounds about right. In the final if I were six. To two and four or three and three. If I were to pitch to you, three and three is acceptable. Talking about from a Creighton. So you get to 21 and 10? 
So three and three is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Anything above that is super cool, neato, awesome. Super cool, neato, awesome. And anything, well, starting anything with, below that is, with, oh, no, Patrick is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Patrick would be right. He would be, yes, because he says two and four. Yeah. Yeah. If I could sell you on that, man, yeah, it's possible. It's 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 certainly possible. I I you know if you want to you want to look at it game by just game, just have to be more consistent. If they've not wanna, been consistent. Well, they've been consistent on offense. Yeah, that's true. But I'm yeah, but that's the thing. They've not been consistent on defense, and they've yo-yoed around. You know where the defense had those two horrible games in a row, and the offense did play well, but the defense did not. And the offense, you know, you certainly do trust that a whole lot at this point in time. And the argument could be made: Hey, Butler made. A ton more shots than they were expected to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that they're not going to shoot that well again. Yeah, the, in the very. Rematch. I mean, the very next game, what do they go? Have a horrible shooting percentage. Exactly. Last yeah. night they didn't shoot ball well either. Yeah, for sure. Marquette mm-hmm. um, in losing that game. Uh, you know, UConn. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute bear. But then you think, hey, playing at home. Remember the that game was lost because Creighton couldn't clear a board. Mm-hmm. They got the initial stop. They held UConn to sub-40% shooting. But the second chances were the things that turned that game around. St. John's, that was a battle here. I expect it's going to be a battle in the Garden where the Jays have never won a regular season game since joining the Big East. Now, this will only be, I think, their third opportunity at a regular season game. And that's game. on the eye. Uh, yes, that's on CBS. Uh, Seton Hall, you know, you beat them there. You expect you should beat them at home. Marquette, it almost doesn't matter where you play that game. Mm-hmm. Marquette just seems to have Creighton's number right now. And Villanova, that was another game the Jays let get away. Yeah, that was all the way back in that, December. Of all the losses this season, even more so than UNLV, that's the loss that's like, man, that that that's the one that doesn't make sense. That sticks in your craw? Yes, absolutely. Had no business losing that game. Creighton is a better basketball team than Villanova. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but it's going to be it's going to be a real intense fight, a real intense fight. Yeah, I've been saying for months now, and Jack and I have talked about this a lot when when he's filled in for you, um, but the idea of this year having similarities to the season a decade ago where every night kind of feels like, you know, we do the who you're rooting for bit, but mm-hmm. every night whether you're a Creighton fan or a Nebraska fan, you're kind of paying attention to each other because both teams are good. Both teams are chasing tournament berths. I think that the similarities have kind of disappeared outside of teams playing for you know tournament berths. I don't think that this Creighton team is very similar to that one. I don't think this Nebraska team is very similar to that one. Um, honestly, I think the thing for me is that the inconsistency of the teams is maybe where they, they kind of separate from what they were a decade ago, but... Yeah, I mean, th- this sets up a wild six-game stretch of games um, where, you, where you get past last night and everything is going to be really, really difficult now moving forward. Yeah. Wanted to play you this piece of audio. This was at the very end of uh, Ed Cooley's press conference. He had answered his last question. He asked any more questions, and then no one had a question. So he's getting up from the table, walking away, but close enough to the microphones Um and it's not like who he is was. he and who is he uh, who is he talking to when he says this? He's just talking to the reporters in general in the audience. Okay, because it's in the media room. Okay, here's Ed Cooley. They played really, really well today. The guys got a hell of a coach too. Hope y'all appreciate it. 
And the conspiracy-minded are like, what does that mean? Is that coded language for he's leaving? Conspiracy-minded? And then, of course, Chris Holtman, who the head coach at Ohio State, got fired today. And, uh, I mean, it's not a conspiracy to say that he, that Greg McDermott has kicked the tires on Ohio State before. Six years ago, yes. Seven years ago. Seven years ago, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that did happen. Mm-hmm. So what are the conspiracy-minded saying? I don't know. As the voice of the conspiracy-minded. I don't know. I don't. Well, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. All I can do is reach out to those that I trust and find out. The question that I asked multiple people today was, let me find the, I, I just want to make sure I have the exact phrasing that I used earlier today. Is this ominous? And every response that I received was yes. It is this ominous. meaning this? That quote. They played really, really well today. The guy's got a hell of a coach, too. And then Hope it is something to... It. That it is, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the, the money part of the quote there, but that that is something to pay attention to. That this is, and I know there are some that really don't like that, that say, no, you you know, folks have been predicting that Mac would leave for years or he would retire. Mm-hmm. That's been a theory for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, and this is the part where I don't want to, I want to say like, it's no secret that he, him and his boss, you know, but I don't know if that is an open secret. I don't know how people or what people know about Mac and and uh, and his boss, which is no longer Bruce Rasmussen right now. And you think of the comments that happened three years ago now, right? In 2021 in the locker room. That was three years ago. Not two. That was three. And how I think that in that moment there were some within the athletic department that wanted him gone. And then they go to the Sweet 16. Then last year they make the Elite Eight. Um I, I just, I don't think that things are copacetic right now with all parties involved inside of that athletic department is how I would describe it currently. I would say this. It, no, it is not the same. It's, it's not, and it was never going to be the same relationship between Mac and the athletic director as it was when Bruce Rasmussen was there. Yeah. They're still very close friends to this day. Yeah. Matt, uh, Rass is at every home game, and he always, you know, comes over and they shake hands and exchange words and pleasantries and things of that nature. They're friends, mm-hmm. um, very good friends. Um, and by the way, not, I don't know if not, we said it. Did we it, say that Cooley and him are tight as and well? Yes, Ed Cooley. For the Ed Cooley, like, so very what, tight. Yeah, yeah now, for those wondering, now, so wait, why does that quote matter? Now, in I would, I, I would say this. Couple of things. Number one, I've heard Ed Cooley say that about other coaches in the conference. Sure. Ed Cooley also, he knows how the game is played. 100%. Coaches look out for other coaches. Coaches who fr- who are friends with other coaches really look out for those coaches. Mm-hmm. And there's always a game being played in terms of making sure that people understand that this is a tough job, this guy's really good, and be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And that, in my opinion, is what Ed Cooley was doing there. Now, certainly the the two have had conversations. Mac talked with Ed Cooley before he took the Georgetown job. Um, I'm not saying Mac told him to take the jo- Georgetown job, but he did confide in Greg McDermott about the Georgetown job. They're mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. So these guys are very tight, and they're looking out for each other. And they'll always say good things about each other publicly and back each other publicly. Yeah. So I don't think I mean that it it 
it may and it may not be interrelated to call them this conspiracy minded, call them folks that are worried, call them folks that are insiders, whatever. I, the only thing I can say is this that's definitive, as close to definitive as I can make it. We are closer to the end of the Greg McDermott era than we are to the beginning. Oh, 100%. Greg McDermott will not be coaching at age 70. It's just the question is how close. Yeah, how close is close? Are you, are we a month away or are we years away? Still? Yeah. That's the question. And anymore, if there's one thing the last few years have taught me in a variety of different things, I assume nothing. I will not be knocked over with a feather. If this is Greg McDermott's last year at Creighton, I will also not be surprised if he comes back next year. Yeah. My gut says that he will be back next year, but nothing, nothing is a guarantee and nothing is a surprise. I don't think if you're worried about this whole Ohio state stuff, I don't take much. I don't think Ohio State's that kind of a job. Yeah, for the record, I don't. I'm us talking about this today is not because of the Ohio State job, right? I don't think that this is. This isn't related to that. I mean, he's turned it down once, and also keep in mind, even though Gene Smith was the one that pulled the trigger today, Gene Smith will not be making the hire. Ross Bjork, the former, soon to be former athletic director at Texas A and M, who got the job and is kind of waiting on, he's going to be making the call. It is interesting that uh, now Ted Carter is over there. But I'm with you. I for the, I don't think that that's and, and, I don't and, think that's where he and goes. And people might think this one way or another. Honestly, I don't think Ohio State's a better job than Creighton from a basketball standpoint. I mean, the question is, and and how much does Matt care or not care about money? I have no idea. Yeah, I've never asked from him, but, money. Oh yeah, from see, money standpoint, that, because that's the thing that they can offer him. And one of the things that I was told earlier today was that you know he is not in the vicinity because we don't know his numbers i don't know his it's numbers, a private school because it's a private school we don't we, we don't have to know their numbers um but he is closer to one end of the spectrum than he should be right um is kind of what i would feel comfortable saying the but in terms of you know if, if at this point unless unless you truly are just chasing the almighty dollar it's not a better situation. No, it's a I think, worse situation because... I don't think that's what he wants. I think right. he wants a place that he feels appreciated. Feels appreciated and has a chance to win To big. win games, yes. Because, again, he is closer to the end of his career period. Forget yeah. the Creighton part, but he's closer to the end of his career period than he is the beginning. And I mean, so I think a, he wants a, to win, and I think he wants to work for and with people that he likes working for and with. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Welcome to the jungle. You know, that's the way it is. You know, when you have a coach who's uh, very well respected and, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I always I always feel this way, too, about any time a coach is, there's interest level from other schools. You know, like Nebraska fans should take pride in the fact that Tony White is wanted. Yeah. You know, um, if Matt Rule ever got good, you know, Nebraska, they, Creighton fans should take pride. I, I think where the frustration lies is this just doesn't seem like looking for that next step, again, because of his age and because of where he's at in his career. And there seem to be other forces at play in terms of why this could be the end versus, you know, not. Yeah. So, that, that you know, like I said, I'm not going to be knocked over with a feather in any case. I'm really yeah. not, you know. And I'm, folks, I'm not, I have never, ever, ever, that I can remember, talk about, the only time we've ever talked about his future is, you know, the joke that one day he was going to retire and coach some Division three team in Arizona just because he wants to be closer to Arizona in the golf. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he's, but he is, 
he, he's, like I said, he's closer to the end of his tenure at Creighton than he is to the beginning. Yeah. And that's, you know, he's been here for 14 years, so. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, there's no way he's going to be here for another 14. I'd be stunned. Yeah. Because it's, you know, he he he, he does fancy himself one day being able to retire and, and golf. golf and relax enjoy the sun. and enjoy the sunshine. Yep, indeed. All right, more coming up. We'll get an update from what's happening in Kansas City. But also, speaking of jobs, is the Big Ten, are there, is every Big Ten job a great job? We're talking football now mm-hmm. on 1620 The Zone.